You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Just gone 8.08 Central African time. And now the program is uh, Medical Files on the platforms of Marcus Sahaba, the voice of the Al-Sunnah al-Jama'ah. Let's welcome a pious and sagacious ummah with a hearty assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And alhamdulillah, lukhalo on the board. And I can tell you, this doctor is someone that I embrace, I celebrate, and who is a pleasure to have on all platforms. He's someone that people feel so comfortable with. He is a uh, GP, you know, and also specializing as a family specialist. And uh, alhamdulillah, everyone is a family doctor. Uh, even, you know, on social chats, people feel so comfortable to ask a doctor any question. And I'll tell you the manner, you know, the way he answers people with so much of a finesse, uh, you know, refined disposition. Uh, so, uh, you know, Sunnah compliant. Our very own uh, Dr. Farooq Hafiji. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell us, how are you doing this fine, uh, beautiful uh, Wednesday evening? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to you and to your listeners. Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has given us such beautiful days. Uh, we should enjoy it. We should make the most of every day. Make as much ibadah as we can. And make sure that we read our salahs, which gives us comfort in our hearts. I tell you, doctor, you hit the nail on the head. Salah, you know, spiritually, physically, everything. You're making obeisance to your creator. And if you want to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the best way of doing it is to put your forehead on that sajda. And, you know, just put your head down there and you'll feel the peace and sukun. We're living in uh, testing times, uh, doc. I know both you and I, we have lost uh, close friends, close relatives that have succumbed uh, to COVID-19. The reality is setting in. They're talking about, uh, you know, ivermectin and things like that. What goes through your mind uh, during these uh, testing times, uh, Dr. Farooq Afiji? This, uh, this is no doubt to me that it is uh, something that comes from Allah SWT. And uh, definitely Allah Ta'ala plans and uh, his plans are the best plans. And Allah Ta'ala has sent this, no matter where it came from, Allah Ta'ala has sent this to change the way we are living because of all the problems that we've been creating in this world. It's all the uh, 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 things that we've been doing and also the um, misuse of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala's ni'mas that uh, we've been indulging in uh, uh, creating havoc on earth with, uh, uh, with the land and with, uh, with the vegetation and the trees. And I think this is Allah Ta'ala's way of stopping everything. And uh, this is an ajib virus, and if you just think about it, uh, it's what what a thing Allah Ta'ala has done. Uh, if you just think about it, it, he's created a virus that when it gets into you, it stops you from taking, from breathing normally. It It creates a situation where you don't have enough oxygen in your body. Now, does that, does that not make us appreciate the fact that we have been inhaling this oxygen without even realizing it all these years? It's amazing. I mean, now the time you ask people who have who've got COVID and uh, who are having problems breathing, every breath is something precious to them, and we just take it for granted. And uh, so that's one of the one of the Ta'ala that we have just been taking for granted. And Allah Ta'ala is showing us, and I think I think Allah Ta'ala is showing us from uh, from bringing this virus that look, you don't appreciate this air that I'm giving you. I'm giving you this air. Whether you are on a mountain or whether you are in the middle of the sea or whether you are wherever you are, you're still getting the oxygen. 
and uh, and the concentration is the same. No matter if you measure the concentration on land, if you measure the concentration on the sea, the oxygen level is the same. See how well Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala distributes it. And I think it's a wake-up call for all of us. And all of us should actually take a step back and think about all the ways in which we are being uh, abusing the ni'mat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, listeners, I want you to contemplate on what uh, Dr. Farooq Kafiji says, because every second, I want you to all to breathe in. Breathe in, hold it there, and let it out. You know, every second you take in a pint of air, do you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives it to you absolutely free? And when you go and buy airtime, you pay for every second. Now look at that. And, uh, you know, Dr. Farooq Kafiji, you remind me of the ayat of the Noble Qur'an, so which is it of the favors of your Lord will you deny? Urdu So the bottom line is we have taken everything for granted. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as you said, it's a wake-up call. And uh, doctor, perhaps, you know, you being a family physician, what is the youngest... Uh, you know, case study that you have found in COVID-19, you know, you being with the family, how has it affected the family from, say, grandmother, grandfather, mother, father, and the children, uh, Doc? Yes, we've lost some uh, young people, 23, 24, 25 year olds. Uh, and uh, usually the second surge is a very difficult one. It's much worse than the first one. The virus is uh, very, very much con- more contagious. Uh, it spreads very, very fast now from one person to another. And, and uh, it also uh, is a very difficult one to treat because uh, it, the, the, the disease process is accelerated. It causes people to become very, very ill uh, very quickly uh, with a very high fever and, very, and it becomes very difficult to control. Some people are having it very lightly. Remember, 80% of people have have very little problems. They get better without any problems whatsoever. That's 80%. That's 8 out of 10 people who have no problems or, or very little problems. Uh, they just have a sore throat, a cough, and uh, maybe a little bit of a fever, and uh, uh, lose their taste and lose the smell for a while. Uh, then in, in about 10 days' time, they are completely better. Uh, but, uh, uh, but you know, if, if you... Uh, if you look at uh, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the older people, people with comorbidities, like uh, uh, people with high blood pressure and diabetes, and uh, people who have other illnesses where, where the immune system has been compromised, um, and people who are overweight, very grossly overweight, uh, these are the people who are really uh, having a problem. Uh, and uh, in them, the disease process seems to be lingering, and of course, uh, it, it creates, it's creating a lot of inflammation. It's causing pneumonia in the lungs. It's causing hardening of the lungs. It's causing breathing problems. Uh, it's causing uh, inflammation, not only in the lungs, but in other parts of the body, and it's also causing blood clots to form in the arteries, in the lungs, and elsewhere in the body as well. Uh, so it's an Ajib virus. It's, 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 uh, we've never come across a thing like this before. Mm. And that's the reason why uh, we are, the doctors are having a problem trying to juggle treatment for it to find out which is the best way to treat this thing. Yeah. It has all caught us unaware and surprised everyone. And it's a new virus, and it's never been, uh, and this, this type of virus has never been seen before uh, by, by us, by, by scientists.
Mm, you know, uh, you, Doctor, you, you're actually making me think uh, very deeply. Uh, the first signal was uh, that uh, this uh, virus will thrive in, uh, in, in, in cold conditions and it will spread uh, viciously. And yeah, we're in the sweltering heat here. And, uh, you know, many say it has mutated and it's uh, in, in heat. It's, uh, it's killing uh, many, many people, Doctor. Uh, what's your reaction to that? Yes, it is. Uh, and, you know, the surprising thing is that uh, it's, you know, it, it, uh, the people may look okay, but they are sick. That's another problem that we are finding. People who may look okay, uh, but, the, but the blood oxygen level is down. Uh, they may feel a bit tired when they walk a little bit, and they may feel a bit short of breath, uh, but uh, they feel that they have got over the illness, but in fact they haven't got over the illness. There is another condition as well that we have discovered that that happened. That happened. Uh, they, they've, they've used the term long COVID. Long COVID means that after you've got over the illness, if you, especially if you've had severe illness, it's causing scarring in tissues, especially the lung. So your your lung your young your lung will never be the same again. It will be scarred. It'll have scarring. In the lung, sometimes sometimes the scarring takes place in the kidneys and also in the heart muscles. So it's and, and these people, um, you know, some of the people who are sick in in March, April, and and May uh, are still sick. They're still unable to work properly. They just cannot do a full day's work. Uh, they they get short of breath. That you know, remember this has happened about eight months ago, but they are still having a problem, and that is because of the damage that this virus has left in their bodies. And uh, we must make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that uh, he saves us from this virus, that he takes this virus away from us, from the, from our area. And we must make a lot of toba, istighfar, and uh, try and find, uh, search, soul search ourselves to find out how we can improve our relationship uh, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, uh, Doc, I see you're very vociferous about uh, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for protection, and it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that can fortify us against uh, this uh, dreaded uh, virus. And uh, yes, uh, Doc, also, you know, this ivermectin thing, uh, uh, so much has been said about it. Uh, you know, what's your views on it, uh, Doc? Well, this uh, uh, ivermectin has been used for many, many years, uh, from the 1960s, or seven, from the 70s, I would say. And... Um, from the 70s, the late 70s, they started using it mainly in animals because it's an anti-parasitic agent. It kills parasites in animals. And uh, they were using it in, in cows and horses and whatever, uh, all animals, uh, to get rid of parasites from them. And then they discovered that these same that humans also have this uh, have some of these parasites, and so they started using it in humans. Uh, and this is about 30, 40 years ago. Uh, and they found that it was killing the the parasites very, very easily, very effectively. Uh, so they are actually at the moment uh, trying to see whether mosquitoes are affected by this as well. Uh, so this is a drug that was uh, discovered in Japan, and the discovery of it is also something that is very interesting. Uh, this, this is a, a person who works in a laboratory in Japan, and uh, he, uh, he, he cultures um, different substances to find out what germs are around in the, in the environment. So he took a bit of soil, 
from uh, you know, from Japan. He was he took a bit of soil from an area, and he analyzed it, and he found a bacteria there. And when he, and and this bacteria, he grew the bacteria. He hasn't seen this bacteria before, uh, and it hasn't been described before. So he grew he grew the bacteria, and then he noticed that this bacteria was secreting a substance. So he grew more of it, and and the more more of it he grew, the more of the substance that the bacteria were secreting. And then when they analyzed the substance, this is how ivermectin came about. That's ivermectin that's being secreted by bacteria that are that are growing in a in a uh, in a culture environment. They have tried to find this bacteria in other parts of the world. They have not been able to do so. At uh, the moment, that's the only bacteria that they found in Japan, and that's the one that's growing at the moment in laboratories, and they're growing it in large amounts, and this bacteria is secreting this substance, which is now, of course, sold as uh, ivermectin. So, so in humans, it also kills parasites. Uh, I think it was a Nile River blindness. It was, it was, it was, it's a parasite because that causes blindness. Blindness you know, it goes mm. to the eye, causes blindness, and that was creating blindness in uh, uh, in northern Africa, uh, to a large extent in Sudan and, and Somalia, in that area. And uh, when they started using ivermectin there, it virt- it has virtually wiped it out. Uh, the other thing about ivermectin is that it's a long-acting uh, medication. So one dose will last six to eleven days in your system. So it's not a, it's not like a daily dose or a twice twice a day or three times a day. Uh, you just give it once and and it lasts uh, uh, six days minimum after eleven days. So the, the treatment also is is, uh, is staggered. It's, you don't have to have it every day. But then they they also found uh, when they did studies in Australia, uh, they found that this ivermectin kills uh, viruses uh, in a, um, outside the body, in a dish outside the body. So when they grow the virus, then they grew the coronavirus, and they put this medication in, and they find that it kills the virus. But the concentration that is required that, that, that kills the virus that is in the dish, uh, that concentration if you use, if you try and uh, uh, try and achieve that same kind of concentration in our body tissues, you have to have very, very large doses of of ivermectin. It is not still very well understood about what happens in the body uh, with ivermectin. Uh, it has been uh, uh, a, a situation where we have. Um, um, we have different tissues in our body with different uh, concentrations of of uh, substances that we that we take in. So the lung tissue may concentrate the drug more uh, than, say, the liver or the kidney or whatever. So this hasn't been worked out with ivermectin. Although they, there are studies that show that the concentration of ivermectin is three times the concentration in other parts of the body. It's three times the concentration in the lungs. And that's where we need ivermectin for for COVID. So there is, at the moment, there have been trials done uh, all over the world, but these trials have not been well designed. Uh, it has it, it, it's not it's not a it's not a clear cut answer. That's the reason why people cannot give a categorical categorical answer as to whether it works 
or it doesn't work. There are trials going on at the moment to see whether this drug really works for COVID or not. But in the meantime, there are many, many, many people who are using it. Uh, and uh, some of them are getting better, some of them are not getting better. It's working in some people, it's not working in other people. So we, we still really don't know uh, how it works and uh, whether it's going to help us or not. Yes, uh, uh, Dr. Jazakallah for such a, a comprehensive and uh, well thought out uh, answer. You know, looking at uh, the the Pfizer vaccination, we notice our government has already placed an order for it. Um, the discrepancy in price uh, with the ivermectin and uh, uh, Pfizer, uh, Pfizer's uh, study is accepted by the uh, medical fraternity. Uh, I mean, your thoughts on the whole thing? Pfizer, is that the uh, decision that our, uh, you know, health uh, ministry has made as we bring for Pfizer vaccination, uh, doctor? Yeah, the cost of ivermectin is very cheap. Ivermectin is very cheap. Uh, and uh, it is, uh, you know, in, in India, you can get it for a few rupees. Uh, it's very cheap because they're making it by the millions in, in, in India. Uh, and Bangladesh also is very, very cheap. Uh, here in South Africa, you can get a dose for a few rands, uh, maybe uh, maybe 10 rands, 15 rands. Uh, you can get a cost of, of, of ivermectin. And in fact, most of the people who are, uh, uh, who are using it are getting it free, I think. It's illegal in South Africa at the moment, so it's not supposed to be used. And, and we <laughs> medical practitioners are not supposed to dispense it or have anything to do with it. Otherwise, uh, we are going to be legally, uh, uh, we have to legally account for it. So the doctors are not really prescribing it. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, but, the, but the people are taking it. I don't know where they're getting it from, but I, I notice people are taking it because they phone us and they tell us they are they are taking ivermectin, uh, and we have we have we've had to read up on it and see what the, to try and protect the people because uh, we need to work out what the side effects are and what organs it affects, what are the what are the interactions with other drugs uh, because the drugs interact with other drugs, uh, so we don't know whether this has a uh, any interaction with any other. Uh, drug. We don't know what it does to the liver. We don't know what it does to the kidneys. So all this needs to be worked out. So far, so far, I don't know. I mean, from what I know, uh, we haven't had any serious mishaps uh, from people taking the I've, I've making for the last month or two. Uh, from and uh, and uh, it needs all this needs to be worked out, and that's why. Uh, they're asking for studies to be done because people in the study are going to be followed up to see whether they have any uh, adverse effects from this, from the, from ivermectin. But you must remember, as I told you, that uh, in Africa and in other parts of the world, it has been available for many, many years, and there have been something like I don't know, some, something like 250 million doses already given. I'm just taking a, a, a guess, but maybe more than that. Uh, doses that people have taken uh, without much uh, side effects, much serious side effects. Uh, and we haven't heard of any, any person having any serious side effects uh, after uh, so many doses. So I guess it's going to be a safe drug to take. And, I, I, I'm, and I'm, we are all hoping uh, that it has some effect on COVID because uh, we have got nothing to kill this virus. Once it gets into your body, uh, you're a problem. When outside, it is very easy to kill with soap. Now, with soap, and the soap kills it very easily. But inside the body, once it gets inside, we have got nothing at the moment that will stop it or that will kill it. So 
Uh, so we have a problem as far as that is concerned. As far as the vaccine is concerned, this is a new type of vaccine that are made. They have used this technology in, in creating vaccines for cancer for the last 10 years, I would say. Uh, and they have tried it. They have tried making vaccines from this before that. Uh, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, they've been trying to make vaccines out of it, but they haven't been, uh, they, haven't, they were not successful because the technology we had 10, 15 years ago was not, uh, not as good as we have it now at the moment. So with, with improvement in technology, with improvement in, in uh, better access to, to laboratory uh, the instruments, we are now uh, able uh, to do a bit better than we did 15, 20 years ago. And so this uh, this one has this this has been uh, used in cancer treatment uh, to to create antibodies against the cancer cells, and uh, so far there's been no uh, major problems with this vac uh, with this vaccine when it has been used for cancer uh, for cancer treatment. Uh, so now they for the first time they are using it uh, in to create a vaccine. And, and for us uh, Muslims, uh, there is no uh, haram ingredients in this vaccine. Uh, it's, it's not made from animal products. Um, it's got no animal products in it uh, whatsoever. But it is a very expensive vaccine. Uh, it is very expensive. It's about $35 now for a, for a, for a vaccine. And $35, you can imagine, is something like like 450 or 500 mm. rand at the moment, and uh, that's prohi prohibitively expensive. And uh, that's the reason why our government is hesitating in purchasing it because they just cannot afford it. Cannot afford uh, such a high price. And that's for the Pfizer one. The Moderna one is also based on the sim similar principle. Uh, it's also not made like how conventional vaccines are made. And of course, it has no animal products in it as well, and that is also very expensive. That's also about thirty dollars a, 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 a vaccine. So uh, we will just wait and see what actually happens. Uh, the other vaccine, which has been made uh, like the, like the usual vaccine, that's Oxford vaccine. Uh, that vaccine is available and is much much cheaper. Uh, it's, it's something like four dollars or five dollars uh, for an for for a vaccine. So. Uh, we are. We will be fortunate in a way because by the time we get the vaccine, which will be in April or May, uh, the world would have had about six to eight months of experience with with these vaccines. So we will have an idea of whether it's creating a problem or not. Uh, so we will be, although we're getting it a bit later, uh, it will be to our advantage because uh, we would know by then uh, whether it's uh, it's creating any problem. So. I think uh, in that way we will be uh, we will be a bit fortunate. Just that uh, we we worried about our healthcare workers uh, who are on the front line, people who are working uh, with COVID patients in the wards and in the emergency departments. Uh, not only doctors and nurses, but porters and clerks and uh, people who are working in, in other positions in in hospitals uh, where they come into contact with patients with COVID-19. So we, we, we need to worry about them because they need some kind of uh, protection uh, against this virus. A lot of them are succumbing to it. A lot of doctors have died. And in fact, recently, um, you could hear in the, in, the, in the news, quite a few of our Muslim doctors have passed away as well uh, with COVID-19. So, uh, so the, the, the problem is there. And the, the, the reality is that uh, we need to, uh, we need to, at the moment, protect ourselves as much as we can. Uh, 
I just assume now of Rasulullah to protect ourselves. Uh, we should as much as we can. And uh, until this surge that we are experiencing goes away. And we need to try and keep away from crowds, from gatherings, uh, family gatherings and weddings and whatever, whatever gatherings they are. Try, to, try and keep away from other people for the time being. You can talk to them, but talk to them outside. Outside is very safe to talk to people because the virus cannot concentrate outside. So if you want to have a, a meeting with your family, go outside, sit, take, take chairs and sit in a circle and talk, talk to your family as, as long as you want, as much as you want. You have no problems because you're outside. The virus will be carried away by the beautiful breeze that Allah Ta'ala has given us. So I tell you should make use of that. I tell you, brilliant indeed. You talk about uh, the breeze and the fresh air outside are so important. Yeah, you can meet your family, but outside in the open air, people. I remember, we're opening the lines. Uh, you can WhatsApp your questions on 0847863132. 0847863132. Dr. Paru Katwiji is in consultation. He'll be answering your queries. Time for us to go for a break, and inshallah, we will continue after that. You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. The program is Medical Files and over the Dr. Farooq Kafiji, a GP who is a family physician. Yes, sir, doctor, the questions have come through. Uh, Masi from uh, Swane says, Assalamu alaikum. I'm always tuned into with uh, Marcus uh, Sahaba. Mufti A.K. Hussain is original radio. Shafaat, we listen your shows all. Okay, Jazakallah for that. Please ask uh, Dr. Hafiji. What damage steroids do? Because our grandson says it's fine to take a little, a little bit in the gym. Uh, doc, your advice? Uh, it seems like uh, our doctor is uh, uh, missing in action there. But uh, anyway, Lucalo will try and get hold of uh, our doctor. And inshallah, we will uh, continue. Well, in the meantime, you know, he talks about uh, the different uh, types of uh, vaccination. And he says the um, Pfizer one is selling at $350. You multiply it by 15 and you'll get a figure. And, and then he says that one that is made at Oxford one is uh, $5. And the cheapest of the whole thing is that, yeah, they talk about the uh, other one. Dr. Farooq Afiji, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yeah, good to have you back, uh, Doc. The question uh, on the screen here is from uh, Marcy from uh, Swani. And uh, Swani, she says, Assalamu alaikum. Uh, I always tune into uh, Marcus. Uh, Mufti A.K. Hussain is original radio. She goes on to say, uh, Shafat, we listen to your shows. Please ask Dr. Farooq Hafiji what damage steroids do because our grandson says it's fine to take a little bit in the gym. Uh, Doc, your advice? Steroids is uh, is quite uh, a potent. It's, it's, it's quite a potent drug uh, to take. Uh, we use it for specific purposes. It's a very strong anti-inflammatory uh, substance, uh, and uh, uh, it uh, uh, the, the anabolic steroids that they use in the gym, which builds up muscles, but uh, it creates a, it creates a lot of problems. Uh, in in the body, besides building the muscles, it creates a lot of problems with our immune system, uh, with uh, with the, and in males, causes problems with fertility, long term fertility problems, uh, and uh, uh, it creates uh, osteoporosis, weakening of the bones. Uh, it's not a not a pleasant thing to say. You you may come out with very big muscles from the gym after taking the steroids, 
but uh, you know you 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 won't be you won't be very good in bed and of course you're exposing yourself to uh, uh, to getting osteoporosis in the long run also uh, taking steroids over a, a long period of time will decrease your immunity it will make you more susceptible to infections fungal infections bacterial infections it'll make you it will make you your, your, your immune system weak uh, and you don't really need to do that so you have to really ask yourself, you have to ask yourself, is it worth my exposing my body to all these funny things that can happen just to build my muscles? Uh, it's, not, it's not really worth it. So why are you building your muscles? That's a question you need to ask. Are you building your muscles for yourself, to improve yourself, to improve your strength, to make better ibadah, to read your salah better? Or are you building your muscles for others to see? For others to see how well, how good you look, that means you are doing it not for yourself, you are doing it for others, which doesn't make sense. Why would you do something for others when it's damaging your own body? So it's, it's, it's not the, the, the anabolic steroids that people use at the gym is not a good idea because it really creates a lot of problems. We find people coming who have used it in teenage, uh, while they were teenagers, they come to us when they are 26, 27, and they're unable to conceive. And when we examine them, the sperm count is very low, and they can't make their wives pregnant with a, with a low, low sperm count like that. That's one of the side effects of using anabolic steroids when they were younger. Now, they've got beautiful bodies, but, you know, the, the sperm count is low, and they're having sexual problems. So, you, you know, you're going to ask yourself, is this worth it or is it not worth it, you know? Uh, but steroids are very good drugs for us um, to use in specific situations. It is a fantastic drug for asthma. Uh, it, it brings asthma down very, very fast. It, it has been proven life-saving in this COVID infection, uh, but it has to be used at an appropriate time. If you use uh, steroids when you have a, a viral infection, while the virus is growing in your body, and if you use steroids, the virus will grow more because you are decreasing your immune system. The virus will go wild. So, so people who are, who've got COVID, they, should, they must not take steroids at the beginning of the illness, at least for a week uh, into the illness. They must keep away from steroids. Steroids should only be prescribed by a doctor who knows exactly where you are in your illness and, and, and check to see whether the virus is gone or not gone. And, and usually we use the steroids after the virus has left the body and uh, to bring the inflammation down. The inflammation in the lungs, it helps to also resolve the pneumonia in, your, in the lungs. And, and it's a powerful drug uh, to help us through this COVID period. Jazakallah for that, Doctor. You know, really comprehensive answer, and Allah bless you for that. Also, when you have a frozen shoulder, Doc, is it the same steroids injection you get? Yes, it is the same. It is a steroid injection that we put into the shoulder joint, uh, and not sometimes not into the shoulder joint, sometimes into a little bursa that's underneath the, the top bone of your shoulder. Uh, a, there's a little sac there uh, that produces oil for the joint, and we usually put it in there. Uh, and, it, and again, it, 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 it's the inflammation that causes the frozen shoulder. So by putting the steroid there, we're getting rid of the inflammation, which, of course, resolves the issue. So uh, that's one of the ways in which to treat uh, a frozen shoulder. 
Alhamdulillah for that also. Yasmin Isaf says, Assalamu alaikum. The programs are all excellent with the doctors. My mother said on the farms, uh, the black nation do lots of enemas about once a month, and that's why they're so strong. Is this uh, correct, uh, Doc? Uh, you know, our indigenous people doing a lot of enemas, and I think they're quite addicted to that, and perhaps it's keeping them strong. Your reaction? Uh, yes, uh, to, to a large extent, uh, they yeah, they don't suffer from cancer of the bowel. The, blacks, the, the incidence of cancer of the bowel in black people is very, very low. And uh, one of the reasons for that is that they have uh, the, that the diet is very rich in roughage. Uh, because it's rich in roughage, uh, they don't suffer much constipation problems. And of course, uh, as you say, they, they use enemas to clean the bowel out on a regular basis. But now it depends what enema they're using, because if they're just using water, uh, that's fine, but sometimes they mix it with some uh, some herbs or some other uh, uh, some other uh, leaves and and twigs and all kinds of things which they boil and uh, they take that water and they use that for the enema. And sometimes this is toxic to the body, and uh, and usually they end up with with kidney failure. And we see that on a, uh, from time to time in hospitals. Uh, where people have used uh, these uh, um, uh, these um, wild grass and wild herbs and whatever it is, uh, and they, they've been using enemas uh, for that uh, with that, and that have created a problem for themselves. But most of the people just use water just to clean the bowel out, and there's no problems with that. If if, if uh, uh, and and that's uh, that's why they. Uh, I think I think it's a habit. I think when if you remember when you were, when we were young. Our parents used to give us castor oil, remember? Mm. I don't know whether you, you went through that. Uh, we <laughs> used to have a dose of castor oil once a month just to clean our, our bowel out. Uh, and that used to be like a ritual for us uh, every, uh, every... I don't know whether you went through that, Shafat, but yeah. I think most of the older people... You know what, uh, Doc? They used to line us up and uh, give us uh, castor oil, but uh, I had to have my orange with it. Immediately, you know, suck into orange because I couldn't take that taste, but uh, you had to take yeah. it off. Yeah. So, so that's what that was to clean, to keep our bowel clean, our bowel, so that we don't get constipated. So, at least once a year, once a month, sorry, once a month, you knew you had had a thorough clean out of your bowel. Um, and that's what the enema does for the black people as well. Well, well answered there. Make sure you have your colon clean, people. Uh, Judy Masi says, Assalamu alaikum, Shafa'at, and all at Marcus. Uh, I see a lot of Masis uh, tuned in. Yes, uh, Masis, all my Masis, uh, Alan Masalan. And she says, Allah keep them all safe uh, from that corona. My question for Dr. Farooq Hafiji Is it true that babies will bang their heads if they're in bad pain and we cannot understand the screens? Doc, that is a serious one. Uh, what they bang their head when they have when they are in pain? Yeah, they and you know when they're in bad pain and we can't understand the screams. Your reaction, doc? Yeah, you know children bang their heads for various reasons, and one of them is to gain attention from you. Uh, and if you get worried about it and you you try and stop it, they're getting your attention. So the next time they want your attention, they'll bang their head. And, of course, that gets immediate attention because you don't want your child to bang your head on the wall. So they learn that very fast, and they, they know that if they want the mummies ignoring me, 
and talking to somebody else, and I want mommy to talk to me. So I bang my head on the wall, and mommy will say, stop it, come, don't do that. And mommy will come to me and stop me from doing it, and that's what I wanted. I wanted mommy to pay attention to me. You see, that's how their mind works. Uh, that's the reason why they bang their head on the wall. wall, wall uh, 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 but with a fever, I'm, I'm not sure about whether it is related to any fever situation. I haven't come across that. But head banging in children is, is one of the things that happens uh, as a way of uh, attention seeking. Uh, it can be stopped by just ignoring them. It's like theater. It's like, uh, like drama. Uh, so, you, you know, if you have drama, uh, you need an audience. If you don't have an audience, how can you perform? So, so you know, you, should, you mustn't, mustn't give them the audience. If you don't give them the audience, they got no audience, so they'll stop them. They'll stop it. Absolutely, Doc. And I like uh, the way you say it. You know, sometimes for mothers, it's uh, difficult to ignore the kids. But as you said, the kids are, you know, uh, I mean, they're great psychologists. The shows. They know how to play uh, mind games uh, with parents, uh, Doc. They learn that very early, from the age of two or three months. They know mm. they know what to do. It's amazing. From from a very young age, uh, they have, they work out what needs to be done because they can't talk and they, they don't understand what you're saying. They don't understand our language. They don't understand uh, what we're saying. Uh, we can't understand them because they're not talking. So they go according to body language. They go according to how we behave and what 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 brings our attention what brings our attention to them. Uh, and so they, they pay very careful attention to our uh, to the way we behave rather than listening to what we are saying. And that's the reason why you find very young children will start taking advantage of their parents from a very young age. So they'll cry and cry and cry for no reason whatsoever, uh, only telling you that, look, I want to be I, I I want you I want you to be to to pick me up I want you to uh, uh, to be with me. Uh, a lot of the times it's uh, it's security. The 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 child the child the little baby needs security. The baby needs to be close to the mother uh, or the father, and uh, that's why they 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 behave like that. But uh, from that, if you don't watch it, it moves on from there to try and get control of you. And once they start getting control of you, uh, then then they will start doing more and more things to attract your attention in a negative way. Mm. That's what we need to for that, Doc. Because, uh, yeah, they want to be pampered and they play games with you, mind games after that. Uh, Mr. Isak yeah. says, Assalamu alaikum, Shafa'at and uh, Dr. Farooq Kafiji. Jazakallah to uh, you, Mufti A.K. Hussain and Marka Sahaba for Pristine Radio. Uh, keep uh, it up, uh, brothers, indeed. Uh, Dr. Hafiji, we enjoy you too. You always have been on many medical platforms and uh, you are so soothing. Okay, Jazakallah for that on behalf of Dr. Farooq Hafiji. And he goes on to say, my query, why do they say pickle or achar is healthy? Because we grew up hearing it's unhealthy and um, uh, must not eat too much of uh, achar. Doctor, that's a very good question. I haven't, I haven't heard that one before about whether it's good for our health or not. <laughs> uh, hey, it's an appetizer. Hey, it's stimulating appetite, Doc. <laughs> yes, I think, I think if you eat a little bit, it won't matter. But, you know, most achars, especially the mango achars, are very full of oil, you know. And uh, that can create a bit of a problem. But if you have a little bit, it's not going to create much of a problem. I love my achars, all kinds of achars, so... 
Uh, so I'm a fan of it. So uh, I, I every night uh, and every evening at lunchtime, I have must have some achar on my on my plate, uh, and uh, that adds to the taste of the food. Mm, I tell you that Patel's achar there, where you living near your area, Ooh, that guy's got a whole variety. Doc, you must try it out. Mm. It makes each meal I eat some more. Uh, Solly says, Assalamu alaikum, team Marcus. Allah reward for lovely homely station of the Ummah. Is it okay to take olive oil in the morning and one teaspoon coconut oil in the evening? Is it okay to take two different oils daily, Dr. Farouk Hafiji? Olive oil is very healthy, absolutely healthy. It is, as Allah says, it's a blessed tree, the, 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 the olive tree. And of course, the fruit is also blessed. And of course, we know from uh, from health reasons that the olive oil is is, is very healthy uh, for us to have. So there's no problem in having uh, one one tablespoon of olive oil every morning. But remember, it is full of calories, and if you do that, you inevitably put on weight. So that's one thing that you need to worry about. And and uh, so I was uh, I was talking to a person who. He's overweight and he's trying to lose weight, and he's giving me a perfect diet of a weight loss diet. And then I tell him, you know what? There's something wrong. You're giving me a diet that's absolutely perfect to make you lose weight, but you're still putting on weight. How come? Then when I went further into it, I found that he was having two big tablespoons of olive oil every morning. So he was having a large amount of calories every morning uh, in a form of olive oil. That's the only problem with it. Uh, it, it uh, if, you're, if you are willing to compromise your calories for the rest of the day, uh, there's no reason why you can't have your olive oil in the morning. But coconut oil, we have a problem with coconut oil. Although coconut oil does not contain cholesterol, uh, it, it, it contains saturated fat. Now, now saturated fat converts to cholesterol in the body. So, so when, you, when you have coconut oil, they'll tell you the coconut oil has no cholesterol, and they are right, it doesn't have cholesterol, but it has the saturated oil, which when consumed, turns into cholesterol. So we do not encourage people to take uh, coconut oil uh, as a supplement or whatever, or even cooking too. Rather use olive oil, which is much safer, it does not convert to cholesterol, and in fact, it helps to lower cholesterol. That's olive oil. Coconut oil, it will raise your cholesterol. Besides that, the calorie value, the amount of calories that's in coconut oil and olive oil is about the same. So if you take a tablespoon of coconut oil every evening, you are going to put on weight. Definitely you'll put on weight. Well, Jazakallah for that, Doc. And uh, Bashir Badruddin says, Assalamu alaikum. I'm enjoying the content. Uh, Jazakallah, Shafa'at, and uh, Doctor. I want to know, please, how good is green tea and how does it detox, Doctor? Green tea is uh, formed when the, the leaves from the tree, are, from, the, from the tea tree, uh, are harvested and they are not allowed to uh, be exposed to the sun. Uh, they are not allowed to dry. They are taken as green from the from the tree and uh, crushed and made into a little like a powder, and of course put into packets, and then that's how you have, you have green tea. So the concentration of caffeine in green tea is much less than the concentration of caffeine in normal tea. 
In fact, black tea, black tea has a very high concentration of caffeine. So, so, so green tea doesn't have much caffeine, but because it has been harvested and put in, and made into tea very quickly without drying, it has the goodness of the green in it, which is an antioxidant. The antioxidant is very good for the body because it takes care of all the 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 the, the, the free radicals that are produced by our stressful life. Um, as you go through the day, stressful life, running around here, running around there, rushing there, picking up the kids from school, and now of course everything is quiet. But when we lead a stressful life, uh, free, free radicals are produced by the body, and these antioxidants neutralize the free acid, free uh, uh, free radicals. So we we need that in our body. So green tea is very good as an antioxidant, uh, and and of course, as I said, it doesn't have that much of caffeine in it. So for those people who are sensitive to caffeine and people who don't want to have too much of caffeine, green tea is ideal. It protects you with antioxidant, and of course, you can have a little bit of caffeine with it. Yes, sir, Doc, we have about three minutes to go. Uh, we'll make this the last question, and uh, you can round up. Anonymous says, Assalamu alaikum. Jazakallah for helpful advice. Uh, please tell us about sweating. Is it uh, true that eating hot food like uh, hot chicken soup and uh, wrapping in blankets works off a good sweat, uh, sweat to kill virus in the body? Your reaction, Doc? No, sweating doesn't kill viruses in the body. Uh, no, it doesn't, because uh, the virus itself will produce... Uh, uh, temperature in your body, and of course, uh, the temperature, our body is made in such a way, Allah Ta'ala has created our body in such a way that for, for our bodies to fight the virus, it has to heat up like a, like how you would warm a car engine for it to go a bit faster. If you, if, you, if you try and start a car in the morning and you go, you'll find that the car won't go very fast until it heats up. And that's exactly how our body reacts with uh, viruses and bacteria. Uh, when, we are, when, when there's an infection, our, our body temperature goes up to make it a bit more uh, efficient for the body to fight the virus. So, uh, yes, so uh, the, the, the temperature is very important. And we, we say that don't bring the temperature down completely because we need that temperature for the body to fight, to fight the virus. Uh, so... Uh, sweating is uh, is a phenomenon which allows us to cool our body. That's how we cool our body. Uh, evaporation of liquid from any surface will cool that surface. That's how fridges work. <clears throat> so, if we if we have sweat on our body and it evaporates, that's how our body cools. So, uh, you know, in, that's why in the, in the heat we perspire, and as we perspire. Uh, with the breeze that's around, evaporation of the perspiration takes place, and our body gets cooled. And uh, that's the reason why Allah Ta'ala has made uh, us sweat. And then, and we should be grateful for that, because that's actually another ni'mah of Allah, uh, which we actually ignore. Absolutely, Doc. And as you said, uh, you know, you've been quite vociferous about the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that we should be appreciating our Creator, and inshallah make a lot of ibadat, a lot of tawbah, and, uh, you know, be on the straight and narrow. Doctor, you were absolutely brilliant this evening, as usual. Allah keep you protected. And inshallah, we'll talk to you in the near future. You have a mashallah evening ahead. And assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to you.
Yes, our Dr. Farouk Hafiji, you're really uh, giving us uh, a lovely nasiya and a brilliant uh, consultation. Always a pleasure to have him on uh, our radio station on all platforms. He's a pleasure to listen to. Uh, remember, uh, after the azana, we'll be uh, joined, uh, we'll be going to pertinence punctuated. And on the show uh, this evening, Sheikh Shoaib Maeda, who is a Medina graduate, who is also an alim and a astute businessman he'll be talking on or he'll be emphasizing the point on why we should pray uh, something dr farooq hafiji was uh, drumming this evening and then morana sanim karim from 9:30 to 10 warns us on being judgmental judging others when you point fingers at others one at others three points back at you time for us to go for the isha azan <laughs> 